0: Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation to Freedom's Path Recovery Society. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing your services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any
1: and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality and sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices of Recovery or Freedom's Path or any other organization. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast.
2: This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pakani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stoney Nakoda, which consists of the Bearsclaw, Morley, and Chinooki. We acknowledge the Satina who are Dene and the Métis, Inuit, status, and non-status from all of Turtle Island and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people.
1: Our guest tonight is Cassandra. Thank you for coming in.
2: Hey. Thank you for having me. Oh,
1: it's our pleasure to have you in. And please, you just take it away. Tell us your story. Share, share your uh, experience, strength, and hope however you wish to share it.
2: Well, I'll share my experience, strength, and whatever comes out, I guess. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I guess there, there might not be much hope. Let's just leave there, it might,
2: there might be a lot of unmanageability and current, uh, yeah. Um, I definitely am an alcoholic, mm. and I am definitely Cassandra, and I definitely have lots of stuff in my life that mm. I'm grateful for. Um, and I came tonight or in the morning, whatever time you're listening, mm-hmm. um, to share so that you're humming along and there's something else in your ear that might remind you of some sort of sober life or mm. recovery of some kind of craziness that you've been through. Um, I didn't really plan on what I was gonna say Perfect. tonight. Um, you know your story. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when I was a little, 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 I um, I remember playing with toys, and I remember listening in the background in other rooms to a lot of unmanageability. Mm. Um, I grew up for the first few years of my life in a small cabin, barely electricity, in Hunter Mall house, B.C. Mm. And um, my mom was... Uh, to my knowledge, um, isolated up there with my alcoholic father. And um, then I remember driving away from that place in a Chevette with no floorboard Hmm. and a piece of wood over the um, floor. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember um, a very heavy feeling um, knowing that even at two years old, I was living a very impactful life, that um, I was feeling things, seeing things, and hearing things very loudly. Mm -hmm. And um, although I couldn't identify the the noise and the monkey mind and all the worry and not knowing how to settle things was was really scary. Um, I remember seeing a lot of spirit stuff when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to spook my mom out quite a bit. Mm.
1: Like seeing ghosts and stuff like that? Mm, Yeah.
2: yeah. So my my grandma and my auntie were actually killed by a drunk driver um, as they were driving down the highway Mm. or road or whatever. And I remember being about two or three and pointing while we're driving. And I said, remember when we used to pick like raspberries or strawberries there, Anita? And my mom's name was Anita. Um, And my mom like nearly had to pull over. Mm because that's where her and her sister that passed away would pick berries or whatever. Oh, wow. yeah. So um, right away I knew that I had like some some sort of something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a need to have some sort of something too because it, I needed to go into some sort of twilight zone mm-hmm. um, to survive. Um, when I was born, I was born with three white streaks in my hair. Um, and. The, the nurses said that I was kissed by an angel three times Mm. and, um, and I truly believe that I've gotten through this life just because of sheer luck and some sort of guidance. Um, when I was about four, my mom introduced me to a man who was to take the place of my father. Um, never truly understood what happened with my dad. There was no really distinct conversations, you know, growing up about like what really happened and what her standards were and why she decided to do what she did. Yeah. There's a lot of secrecy, and I've you know, if you've known me for five minutes, you know, I'm pretty transparent, so mm-hmm. it's pretty hard for me to live like that because I didn't I felt like something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, my father ends up marrying a woman, and I would go visit once a year, whenever, and from that age, I'm scared to say, can I talk about stuff?
1: Yeah, you can swear, you can, okay. Samantha is literally okay. an adult.
2: Okay, no, I know, I just, <laughs> she's a lady. She is um, a lady, that's for sure. I yeah. assume people are. <laughs> I mean, she's young,
1: but she, she yeah. acts like an adult, so.
2: Yeah, okay. Um, so from the age of probably conservatively five or six, I was, molested by my stepbrother Mm -hmm. once like every time I went there Um, and to me I thought at that early age I had to protect my little sister so Mm -hmm. I would take it and I would hope that he would leave her alone I'd tell her to go play video games or whatnot Um, and it really perverted my sense of self because it's like you know six years old I have adult feelings and adult understandings Mm -hmm. where the kids around me don't. And um, I had a really hard time interacting with children, um, especially like typical girls that like seem nice and soft and kind Mm -hmm. um, because I was loud and raged and, you know, like way over sexualized. So Mm -hmm. um, but I also was very I wasn't just that I was also very um, compassionate and Mm -hmm. I was also very like affectionate and I wanted love. Um, my stepdad was definitely my mother's husband more than a, f- a father yeah. to me and my sister. He provided for, he, a up husband, like you couldn't ask for a better husband, always has her side and her back. And I couldn't ask anything more from my mom because it seems like she's had a pretty rough life and she needs that. Um, however, I didn't get a lot of affection from my mom or my stepdad. Mm-hmm. So Um, I had needs that need to be met and when there's needs that need to be met and aren't met then behaviors occur Um, and for me that showed up as um, you know rebelling dressing like very sexually um, going out with men that were older so that I got what I wanted really quick Mm -hmm. and didn't have to work for it because they wanted that too Um, I also wanted financial security early on I grew up with um you know, my mom being really scared about money and her parents died when she was quite young. So um, there's a lot of emotional stunting and, and growth issues um, around things that created fear for her. And mm. I think she self-soothed herself in ways that, you know, she thought the, the, she did the best she could with what she had. Mm. Um, but I remember waking up at nighttime when I was, you know, a young little girl to her crying and counting coins on the coffee table to to buy food. Mm. Um, and when she met my stepfather, um, I was happy for her. Um, but we still, due to her financial, you know, insecurities, she would go buy clothes that she didn't necessarily need and go out for dinner when we had food at home. And then our light bill would be cut off Mm. or our phone would be cut off. And I remember being very angry and I was a very, very angry little girl. Um, a lot of little girls that i've you know run into and i've been in counseling in my life like um i used to counsel at woods homes um i find there's usually two types there's the introvert um you know the person's been abused they go inside themselves they don't want people to leave them and they're really quiet and then there's the extrovert like very like i don't know like i don't even want to say this it sounds horrible but like courtney love kind of like mm very, very out there and, and angry and ragey. And that's Mm -hmm. what I was. Um, I used to, you know, beat up guys for my sister all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I never let her solve her own problems. I, and in fact, I beat her up too. So I'm not going to sound like I'm Robin Hood. (laughs) Um, I was very violent. Um, Mm -hmm. my sister was also not affectionate as a child, nor is she now with Mm -hmm. me, which is fine, but like, Um, I just, I was always needing love, always needing. And I remember my mom saying she didn't like to be touched and like, I'd have leg cramps and she'd say, Oh, I don't like touching. Um, and you know, being sick on the couch and her eating a bag of chips and me being like, I need some food. Like Mm -hmm. I need soup, you know? And, and, and for me, um, I didn't know then, but that was a resentment that was in the building for me. Um, and, um, I drank and used a lot of drugs early on. I started stealing um, my mother's alcohol at, I don't know, 13, 14. Mm. Um, I would have my first girlfriend, um, we would come to our house at lunchtime, I'd make a pot of popcorn on the stove for lunch, as teens do, mm. you know, we eat well, <laughs> and a cup of noodles. <laughs> And um, well, as long as you had the noodles, yeah, 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 or the beef burritos. Oh, those were weird tasting, man. I had a weird feeling about those, the like other day. the 7 Eleven ones, yeah, yeah, with like the Mexican scribe on the side, yep. yeah, yep. just smells like a fart right away. Hey, <laughs> and so I uh, I remember get, getting them to drink, my friends to drink, and then I would like do their makeup for them, like mm-hmm. I was trying to get them up on my speed, right? Yeah. Um, and I was stealing my mom's car. Um, really early on, cat would jump on the hood of the car as some sort of spirit guide to say, get the fuck out of there. Mm -hmm. And I remember waiting till traffic would pass so I could start up the gutless cutlass like, um, and where I would go, nobody knows. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, never putting the seat back, of course, never putting the right amount of gas in Mm -hmm. and very obvious, like blatant, um, sneaking out, but I didn't really need to sneak out. Like I didn't really have boundaries really. Um, but I loved the rebelliousness. I loved chase. I loved to be chased. I loved, um, I loved heartbreak. Mm-hmm. I loved heartbreak. I was addicted to um, finding a guy that didn't like me. I'm really addicted to it. Um, and you know, I had a fair amount of luck. Um, God, in this in this body, in this you know, skin suit that I have, has apparently like aside from my self indulgence and eat overeating and being like a bit heavier now. But like I was appeared appeared to be attractive to this type of world in mm. this this life. You're not and
1: unattractive just because you put weight on. Well, it. just so you know, I'm
2: pretty hard on myself. Yeah, you're you allowed say. to
1: be, but I don't have to be. Yeah,
2: um, so yeah, and I I just I was very sexual over sexualized. Mm-hmm. I I went out purposely to hurt people, mm-hmm. hurt men, um, for what has happened, um, and like that stepbrother wasn't just the only you know um there'd be babysitters mm-hmm. there'd be um you know just it's, distant relatives just a lot it just isn't it like, like they fucking know yeah it's i think i had a scarlet letter on me or something yeah, like that's how I felt too. um i'd look at them a certain way and you know i'd be at a christmas party a family christmas party and it was just like fucking if i had to pee it's game time you mm-hmm. know and i was getting violently molested and and the weird the weirdness of it is you know when people are I don't want to say ignorant because it sounds really judgmental, but like when people don't understand uh, that maybe that guy or that person was abused too. And so I was too. This is like a weird situation that mm-hmm. shouldn't really be happening, but it's we're two over-sexualized people, young people. And then there's that common, you know, innocent of interest mm-hmm. too. Right. Of course. Um, but I just, I was in an ugly deck clean stage for a little bit. And, um, once I got, you know, Stella got her groove back or whatever, like I seemed to find myself, um, and I wanted to find, I wanted to figure out what it was that made men attracted and I wanted to like cultivate that and like hone in on that speciality so that I could, you know, pull them in as some sort of temptress to hurt them. Mm -hmm. and figure out what it was. If they were a little distant, I'd be distant too. And, you know, it's a love addiction thing too. And the alcohol was just like fuel on the fire. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I found um, it's hard to remember everything chronologically for me just because it was so weird. Um, But there's, when I did like a set of steps in a recovery program, I um I got to look backwards and I really had to work hard and like sit there on my thinking stump and figure out what happened before this or this mm-hmm. happened before that because I really like dissociated mm-hmm. and now sitting here um I don't even know that person mm-hmm. like it to me it's talking about someone that I don't even really know um and I feel bad for that girl like she had a hard hard time mm-hmm. um but you know, in no way was I innocent. I, you know, I was conniving. I had my own set of morals though, I can say Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I never harmed animals. I would never harm. I was, my mom would say too, like, I was never allowed to hang out with anyone until after I had acupuncture because I was so violent all Mm -hmm. the time. So, you know, spontaneous combustion all Mm -hmm. the time. Um, and, uh, she would say, you know, Cassandra, I, I just don't understand you. Like, You're so nice to children, so nice to animals, elderly, people with special needs, but you are so fucking mean to people, Mm -hmm. like, so mean, like, so judgmental of men, especially if they, like, looked at me, like, I was just disgusted, Mm -hmm. um, anyways, um, I remember one really pivotal time in my life was when I was 19, and, um. One of my first best friends, Melissa Munch, love you. Um, I saw her on the streets downtown, and at that time I was in college, and I was taking disability and, you know, behavioral studies and stuff, and uh, I saw her pushing a stroller, and her beautiful blonde hair was all dark, and she looked like a ghost, and she wanted me to come across the street, but I was really busy, and, you know, not too long after that, I found out she was... um, she was murdered by that, uh, serial killer in Edmonton that was killing prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was my first best friend. So, um, you know, I remember growing up with us looking in the mirror and, and her mom's haggard biker, boyfriend just being like, you're never going to be anything but a prostitute and fuck you. And you know, like all night and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we were like 12, Jesus, you know, and, and we were listening to, you know, Dance Mix 95, aging myself here, right? <laughs> or 92, 93 or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like Rhythm is a Dancer and whatever. And um, just, you know, putting on the crop tops and the, you know, the sexy, whatever we thought was sexy and going out to party and mm-hmm. taking the bus to like areas of the city I was not familiar with mm-hmm. and being in dangerous situations where guys were showing us their parts and I seem to always swerve usually swerve curveballs. Mm-hmm. Um I was, you know, friends with another girl who turned into the life of prostitution and, you know, had her head smashed into ice from her pimp and is forever brain dead. Again, swerve that curveball, don't know how. I never mm-hmm. I was in a prostitution situation, but you know, it's like um it was scary actually. I, I was at a house and the lady owed them money and they were like Asian and I didn't know what they're saying I gave them all my family jewelry that I was wearing Mm -hmm. and like my horrible ex-boyfriend that used to pound the shit out of me um I called him and he showed up with his pit bull and a a baseball bat and drove onto the front yard and got me out of the house Mm. um and and I was saved thank god but um but I was in those I was in those dangerous, slippery slopes a lot, mm. and um, there was times I didn't make out so safely, um, and I was sexually assaulted many times at parties, and you know, doing your steps, and anytime you're sexually assaulted, it sucks and it's not fun, um, and I had to look at like where I put myself, mm. and and ultimately, I I do feel like I did the best I could with what I had, I really do. Mm. Um, I wanted. Love I wanted um community, I wanted acceptance and um and I wanted power, which I don't think is a bad thing in itself, but my motives and the type of power was what I was playing with fire with, mm. I think, and I was really good, and I have been good at manifesting um, what I want and thinking because your thoughts are powerful and you you know you mm-hmm. work it through um, I go um into a deep, uh, weird crevice of life for a year that I lost when I dated a Coke dealer um, for a year. And my ego and my trashy personality sometimes tries to make it okay because I never paid for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just so sick um, because I did pay for it. Mm -hmm. I paid for it very heavily. Mm -hmm. I paid for it with not being able to look myself in the eyes. and, uh, you know, throwing myself at my mom's feet because, um, my sister did it with us once. And, um, I knew I was not living right, even Mm -hmm. though my mom was like, it's not a big deal. Like it's fine. Like their morals were different and always have been different than Mm -hmm. mine. Um, but to me it was wrong. Mm -hmm. It was very wrong. I, I, I've crossed a a spiritual boundary, a, a personal moral compass was, was, you know, averted and I, I, I was not on the right path. And Mm -hmm. You know, the only reason I even started going out with him is because the guy I was going out with was in jail and had someone watching me, and I found out who was watching me and mm-hmm. got engaged to him, and he mm-hmm. was a Coke dealer. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me how to party, I guess. But <laughs> um, I uh, lost a year, ended up in Renfrew. I woke up to uh, you know, a woman who you know does um, sex work, um which is not, I'm not judging that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Like, um, everyone deserves respect. And she was rifling through my bag, which was fucking scary. Really Mm -hmm. scary to me. It was very scary. Um, And so I never did coke again. And And then, so I went through a year of spirituality, of complete head up the ass, I'm better than everyone. Mm -hmm. Went and lived with a spiritual advisor for a summer. She built her own yoga hut out of... Clay and mud and straw in her backyard, had a humidifier and like a heater in there. and we smoked weed. and uh, and she was uh, you know, she was quite um, clairvoyant as well, and uh, taught me about native medicine and you know angel cards, Egyptian magic, a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. And I was dry from alcohol. I refused to drink for a couple of years. But I was on some sort of temptress goddess trip that Mm. was, like, just, I was waiting, it was just waiting for me to hit, like, a a pole, you know? Mm. Like, when you think you're hot shit and you walk into dog crap, like, that's pretty much where I was at. Mm. Um, I really took a hard, hard, I put, like, ruining men into 4 by 4 and really rode hard on Mm. that for a long time. Um, I found all the guys that I really, really liked, and I figured out how to really hurt them because they couldn't save me from myself. Mm-hmm. And um and at that point, um my I, I realized that, you know, I was having issues with women friendships. I couldn't seem to find good friends. I you know, I obviously get what you give. <laughs> um, let's be honest. And, you know, I you That's know I, I, Yeah, I was hanging out with riffraff, right? And in some sick way, I always hung out with people who were just a tad less classy than me so that mm-hmm. I could look, point my nose, you know, at them and like yeah. my finger and be like, I'm not that bad. And like, I always wanted to be the one that was admired and like mm-hmm. adored. And, um, I liked it when, you know, um, I was, I was called snotty. I was called a C-U-N-T. I just always had an issue with saying that word. I don't know why it's just so harsh. Ugh.
3: Yeah, awkward.
2: it's really terrible um, mm, for such a beautiful part of the body. But yeah, um, totally. But uh, I would, I would hear girls talking about me a lot. I rem- remember getting bullied by a very, um, how do I say this nicely? You know, you always, everyone's got a monster at school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got a monster. And they know that you're scared of, you know, yourself, but they, like, they're, I don't know. It's like, if I was, if I was like, um, okay, and I was just going to fight, I'm sure it would have been over. But it was like, like, like year long, years long torture. Mm -hmm. Um, She wanted to date one of my friends. He didn't want to date her. And then I was a slut. This is before I had consensual sex. Mm -hmm. So I was called a slut every day of junior high. And, and she was like a very vertically challenged um, different ethnicity, very abundant shape and, um, very angry. And there was something about me that she had my number and she didn't like my number and like, it was just not good. Um, and I was scared. I was scared to go to school. I had a lot of anxiety. I hated it. I was in Catholic school. Um, you know, there's a lot of A lot of stuff with going to that school was really bizarre.
1: Um, I'm so glad that you, are you willing to talk about that? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I had a teacher, oh my God, if he listens to this, Mr. Isherwood, a social studies teacher, had a thermos every day, um, let me skip school every day, gave me answers to tests at the door going into exams, would constantly praise me and like be like, "You're a dirty girl," because I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I would purposely wear, you know, school uniforms like short skirts with matching little shirts, um, and like chew on my pencil and stare at him. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I was always that girl that was just way too sexual, and um, and I would be talking and not behaving, and he would be like, "Adam, out!" and he'd kick someone else out right next to me and wink at me. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it was very messed up. And then mm. I had a sister who taught science, which is fucked to teach science when you're in, like, you're very religious, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, like, totally facts versus, you know, whatever. Um, and... Um, <laughs> I like how you said the
1: made-up shit, or whatever.
2: Well, yeah, like, whatever you want to go with that path, <laughs> yeah. right? But yeah. they're, they're not always, you know, parallel. Mm-hmm. Not always. Yeah. Um, And then you're looking at science, which can be, you know, factual. And this is more, you know, a heart thing or whatever it is. Right. Um, But I remember one day she didn't obviously have a syllabus or a teaching agenda that day. So she just asked us to write uh, a short essay in class about whether or not we're pro or against abortion up until that point. I wanted to be a nun, and I asked her if I could be a nun because mm. I thought it would be the only thing that would save me from this over-sexualized stuff, and mm. and I just wanted to be, like... I watched that movie Mermaids with Cher in Wyona Ryder. Mm, never seen it. Oh, my God, you got to see it. Anyways, Wyona Ryder is just this ridiculous, like, trying to be religious, and she goes hog-wild for this hot guy, which I totally would have, too. Um, but... Uh, Anyways, so I was like on this trip of wanting to be a nun and uh, so, but I always believed and, you know, I have to give my mom credit where it's due. Um, By the way, we don't talk. We haven't talked in a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I do, I do, I am grateful for the things she did teach me that I do agree with is, you know, even if you don't agree with something, you should look at the positives of that person's Mm -hmm. side and try and be diplomatic, even though she can't fucking do it with me. Mm -hmm. But um, I digress. Um, but so I put pro because I've always been, I love debates. Mm -hmm. I love taking philosophy. I love just like the form and art of debating. And it's not about the actual subject. It's about the validity of, you know, the points and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I really like that. Um, so I went again, I went pro abortion and she, she failed me on the paper. Like she gave me a, a fail mark. And she said she was disappointed in me, and, and that was a really big like, um, turn for me. Um, I, the kids tormented that nun, though. I found out late later that they like light her car on fire and oh, stuff. They were, I had a bad. I grew up in Bonass, yeah. like. But here you, in gotta, Calgary, you gotta, you so. gotta be
1: a special kind of teacher to have kids light your car on fire. Mm. I'm not gonna lie to you.
2: She she definitely did not have the skill set for interpersonal conflict resolution. That sounds that sounds fair. Yeah, like very red face really yeah. easily, and this is a woman pale as a ghost mm-hmm. because she didn't wear any makeup and no, probably didn't see sunlight a lot, right? Um, I saw her face red a lot, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, just yeah, I grew up in you know with the bullying and stuff, and. Um, Um, I just, I found that I would hang out with women, um, and I'd want them to be loyal to me because I was loyal. I I never cheated on a single guy in my life, Mm -hmm. but I'd break up with them and be in lingerie half an hour later waiting for the next guy. So when they wanted to come make up and work things out, I was already done. Like Mm -hmm. I was long gone. Um, but with girls, like I had a really rough time because I, I wanted to be friends with the Rachels and the Veronica's. Like, I wanted to be friends with those good, nice girls that did their homework. Mm -hmm. I really did. And the learning difficulties that I endured because of the trauma going on, the loudness in my brain Mm -hmm. was horrible. Um, I had a mathematics teacher from grade five till nine, and he was a fucking dink. Blair Bruce Springsteen, which the poor boss doesn't deserve this negative association because he's a fucking awesome genius musically. Um, but he grew plants all over his, his, uh, room and he listened to, you know, Bruce Springsteen all through class and he'd throw his leg up on that arm bar, part of your desk whenever he had a problem and he'd breathe this fucking dragon coffee breath right in your mouth and, and say, why don't you fucking understand this? What are you not getting? So you'd be terrified to put your hand up Mm. and I never got the blocks of like math like i never got the like good blocks and then of course with adhd i was undiagnosed for a long time um i just i shut down Mm -hmm. like i just shut down and it was terrible it was absolutely terrible i hated math so bad um and i just didn't understand why like they would have like these catholic like i was supposed to be safer in Mm. catholic school i thought right like my mom always thought like, I'm assuming my mom must've thought public school was harsh or like more ghetto or something, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know. I think they probably might've been a bit nicer. <laughs> like, oh um, yeah.
1: I went to Christian schools too and they're fucked.
2: Yeah. And they can be really heartbreaking because it's almost like someone that you love hurting you is worse. Right. Because, you know, um, I go to religion class and I did pretty well in religion and English. Like I, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I did well, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I like the stories. I you know, I like myth- Greek mythology. I like any like mm-hmm. history. I love stuff like that. Um, and if the teacher's exciting, then I'm just going to have so much more fun. Um, but then, you know, I was listening to, like, the the wrath and, um, you know, Jesus' little sheep and their children and this and that. Um, but I was just wondering why I was, like, the sheep that got kicked around a lot. And, mm-hmm. like, I didn't understand why. Like, this sheep got fucked by the farmers. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't understand why, like, all that was going on. And no one seemed to have answers. And that's what always pissed me off is I was inquisitive. I was always searching. um, And I I asked questions. What does this mean? Why, you know, just have faith. Just have faith. And that really bothered me. And it turned me off a lot Mm -hmm. because I really would put a lot of thought into questions. And I wanted to be talked to, talked Mm -hmm. with. And um, anyways... Um, after that drug bender for a year or there, I was sober living with spiritual lady, um, I had a knack for like, I felt really good about not drinking. Cause when I drank, um, I turned into this woman I would call Caselia. Mm. She was a scary chick. Um, I would throw like knives at guys heads mm. if they were checking me out and they had a girlfriend there was no way of knowing how I was going to end up mm-hmm. like my, my temper was so volatile. Um, and I never really had issues with women. Um, because God knows we've been through a lot. Mm. Right. But the men, man, like I, I remember getting, um, hard, like i got a taser gun and a baton from Scottsdale, Arizona when I went out there and we drove back with them. And I would just get guys so drunk with my, you know, Coke dealer, boyfriend or fiance, whatever. And, um, I would get my, my guy to get them so drunk cause we had lots of money. He had lots of money. Let's not be fucking blind here, but, <laughs> um, I spent it all. Mm. Um, and I would just be begging them to let me zap them with the taser. Like, mm. cause I just fucking hated them, you know, mm. like seething, um, waiting and, uh, and I would beat him, too. Um, I remember some mornings waking up, and he'd be like, Sandra, come look in the car, and there'd be blood splattered everywhere. Um, and and I was never a jealous girl, but I was always a respect person. And I, I really didn't like disrespect. Um, in fact, I've been bisexual a lot of my life, mm-hmm. um, in my drinking life. Um, and, yeah, a lot of my temper tantrums and, you know, beating people up were men that were trying to um, cut in on me and my, like, whatever whatever
1: lady friend or whatever exactly
2: yeah. and and she was doing it for attention but I was doing it because I was doing it mm-hmm. and I guess they call those lipstick lesbians right like maybe um we we're just kind of doing it to be a party favor or mm-hmm. whatever and I remember like yeah I beat the crap out of a guy naked um on tequila he had to tell people he got jumped by three guys in mm-hmm. bonass because he tried to intervene on a shower Right. So like it just really I put myself in precarious situations, Um, which obviously led up to a big bang. And it had to. Right. It Mm -hmm. had to lead to a rock bottom. Um, So at 21, I was at the end of my road with the spiritual advisor. I was bumping heads and. um, I woke up one morning, I was doing dishes at her house and she says, he's got crow eyes. I wouldn't if I were you. Mm -hmm. And I said, what? And she would do stuff like that. She she knew stuff. And I was manifesting. I was thinking about a guy. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know him. I was, like, creating a guy I wanted. Yeah. I wanted a strong, powerful, fiery guy. Like, strong, powerful, fiery guy. And she knew exactly. And I said, I want him to have dark crow eyes. I really like mm-hmm. dark eyes, right? Yeah, sure as shit, within three days, this guy in this big truck pulls up. And... Uh, We start dating not even three months i was getting put into submission holds on the console of the truck because it seemed like i was going to break up with him for his shitty behavior Mm. um and you know one thing to a led to another and i ended up being kidnapped assaulted and, and raped and um nearly drowned to death and uh i remember calling my mom because i was too scared to call the police because He was not scared of the police. The police would drive away from him a lot, and he would finger them a lot. Mm -hmm. He was a scary dude. Um, And I remember calling my mom and leaving a voicemail, and I didn't know I was leaving it. Um, I just was was scared. It was one of the three times I I was in the backseat of his truck, and he went into his, uh, um, um, what is it called when you go? Manic. Manic, where he was like, I'll clean you up. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And Mm -hmm. then he would go and do it again, right? Yeah. Um, and one of the times I called her and, um, he over like he saw my phone and I tried to throw it away and, and he, like, there was a voicemail of me screaming for my dear life, mm-hmm. um, and being assaulted. And, uh, I went to school the next day at, uh, Bow Valley. Mm. I was in shock, right? He told me yeah. to go to sleep. He brought me back to his house and told me the best thing I could do is go to sleep. I just laid there and prayed to Archangel Michael or whatever I could muster the strength to, to pray to. And I showed up shell-shocked at school. For some reason, I went to her house, my mom's house, instead of, you know, we were kind of like, I don't know, it was, we are moving into this McKenzie town house. And I took the one number one all the way home and there was cop cars lined up my street and I didn't know what was going on. And uh, so, yeah, I ended up going back to him because I didn't get a chance to go to counseling. It was a week after. There was a week-long... Um, I didn't even know what was going on. I was, I was traumatized. Um, but I knew at, a, at the end of the week he was allowed to come on our street. But until then, he had to stay away. Um, my Coke dealer and my next-door neighbor in front... Like, my neighbor in front of me were friends. And he showed up. And um, that person that assault, like kidnapped me he saw that, even though I wasn't even talking to those people at that mm-hmm. point, um, and just drove up, and, like, it was just, it was crazy, right, like, um, it was crazy, he would threaten people for even looking at me, um, poured orange juice on my head on the day of a job interview, because I looked too proud, um, and, yeah, like, even before that, like, I remember having, you know, a black eye on Valentine's Day, because I looked too excited, that was another guy, I'd get his pit bull to attack me mm-hmm. um, because he was beating his pit bull and I, you know, got mad at him for beating his pit bull. So he'd get his dog to attack me, which his dog would. Mm. So like, I, I've been in dangerous, like with dangerous men and I liked it because it was so much stronger and more violent than how I felt. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I guess when people say like, when you get sober, or when you, you know, you want to go through a program of recovery, you want something higher than yourself. Mm-hmm. I just didn't understand like what kind of hire Mm -hmm. because light and love just didn't seem to do it for me like um so after that um i turned into a serial case dater after i healed i went to therapy and you know i went back to him and it was bad he assaulted me again and it was just no good in fact he asked he demanded um i sign a piece of paper saying that nothing happened so that his lawyer um could, you know, whatever. And that was some that's something I I still carry with me to this day that I just I I got to forgive myself for because yeah. I was just I was not in the right place, mm-hmm. right? Um I can feel my chest um getting hot talking about it actually. Um But then I turned into a serial case dater again because um, I wanted to be in charge again, right? Mm -hmm. I want someone else to be in charge, and then I want to be in charge. I want a nice guy, and then I want a mean guy. And nothing was quite giving it to me the right way, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Went out with tons of guys, had many fun fucking dates. Um, Some not so fun, but Mm -hmm. funny to talk about now because I lived through it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, and then I I finally... um, started drinking when on my way to Mexico I was with another character and uh I call him Donald Duck because he'd get angry and spit a lot when he was talking and I liked it because it made me laugh and I thought he was out of control (laughs) um and he you know just go crazy like Donald Duck in the malls if I didn't walk close enough to him and stuff and I just you know it's just dangerous playing with fire you Mm -hmm. know and um Again, like, we're you know, the family unit's just not what I needed mm-hmm. at all. Like, there was no, like, don't dress like that. There was no, you know, like, I don't know. It, she didn't know how to handle me. Mm-hmm. She didn't know how to. My my mom was a shy, you know, very wounded little girl who got stunted, I believe. And mm-hmm. And my sister was doing her own thing, and I felt like I was a bad example to her anyway. So I just did my own thing. And I just, you know, I tried to do my best to impress them, and nothing would work. So mm-hmm. I might as well just fucking chuck it in the fuck it bucket and yep. move forward, right? And uh, I finally start dating this guy, and um, he was definitely. And I, I feel so bad saying this. And I messaged him once and told him that, and I felt so bad. Years later, we we're on good terms, but I said, man, I'm so. You were my rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Like you were like, and I like god god love you like i hope you're doing well but fuck thank you so much mm-hmm. which is a shitty thing just write. that's i wouldn't want to get that message like oh you're a great rock bottom for me like yeah it's pretty um, heavy yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty shitty actually mm-hmm. i'll actually have to ask, talk to people about that that's mm-hmm. horrible um I, I don't know if it's
1: horrible it I was pretty it, harsh it's pretty harsh but horrible is a strong word for that especially where it's coming from right it's coming from a yeah. place of injury and and trying to heal so. yeah
2: so yeah um went to mexico decided to drink after those years of my spiritual exploration um i was literally like christopher columbus i was a fucker, right mm-hmm. like i was not a good person yeah um I was on my own. Voyage. I like how
1: you use Christopher Columbus as a bad guy. I love yeah, it yeah. because <laughs> yeah. it's fucking true. I love I'm it. I'm not
2: as dumb as I look.
1: I don't think you look dumb joking. at all. <laughs> I'm just
2: joking. i um, Yeah. So um, I took a drink. I knew full well what I was doing on that airplane. Um, cause I used alcohol to be my superpower. Mm-hmm. So Caselia would come out and stick up for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a while I let him cause I just shut down. You go fight or flight sometimes. Right. And, Sometimes flight doesn't mean leaving. Sometimes flight means going in your own little black box in yourself, right? And, um, and I couldn't get out. Um, so I drank and then I, you know, abused him. I turned the tables on him and I got really mean. And um, then I started drinking and the drinking um, was really bizarre to me. Um, I really did feel like that scraggled hair 80s. Bill Murray in groundhog day where I was just like baffled every morning. Like Mm. I was just like, what? I'm done with it. I did the thing. Like put it away now. Like you can go, I'm going to go do some superhero shit now and I'm going to, you know, go back to school or I'm going to, you know, lose some extra weight, or I'm going to date a bodybuilder. No, I'm going to date a a philosopher or a poet this time because I'm bored, you Mm. know, like, um, and I couldn't settle down, um, but the alcohol just whooped me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember starting to do things that I would never do. Um, And they weren't that bad, but they were really big to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said before, I'd never hurt an animal. Mm -hmm. I never did hurt an animal, but I did leave it for like a weekend and an extra day um, because I went off on POF to some small town with some guy. I don't even to this day know where I went. Mm -hmm. And I was (laughs) drunk, having Mm -hmm. crazy sex with some guy. Um, drinking shitty beer like it probably wasn't shitty but it wasn't my taste and like I came home and the cat's dish was empty and I fell on the ground crying because Mm -hmm. to me that was not something I would do ever ever Um, I've always been a a huge caretaker a mama bear Um, and you know I was drinking in the shower I was getting drunk before before dates, a lot of guys that I see in program today are guys I went on dates with. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been sexually assaulted by some of those guys, and I get to share my birthday sometimes with them. And, mm. you know, it's, very, it's, a, it's a weird world now, but um, I can say... That must be
1: a fucking trip.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's kind of shattering to mm-hmm. be honest, um, especially because they don't like make amends to you or identify that they had some sort of problem situation that yeah. they were part of. Yeah. I don't expect them to take full on, but you know, I did have my underwear ripped off, you know, so like mm-hmm. it was not fun. I had to get somebody to come over and get him out of my house because yeah. I turned him on, and apparently that was my fault, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you know, women in this in this world as if you know like we seem to get a little bit of the shitty end of the stick for some shit you got that um right. so i take that as part of my luggage and i you know nobody's worth my spot in recovery though mm-hmm. like i'll still show up mm-hmm. um i fought for my life so yeah and so yeah i guess the the the, the morning that i decided i was done i um I just, I didn't know what to do. And I called somebody I knew that was in a program of recovery and I was crying and he told me to get on my knees in front of my bed. And we read through the questions in this little pamphlet. And I was a yes to every one of them. And, um, I started attending meetings of recovery and, um, and I thought everyone was lying. I felt like a bag of crap slinking down the steps, you know, Mm. um, And I didn't know how to fake anymore. I didn't, my card was called, right? Mm -hmm. I say I'm not a card stacker, which is true in many ways. Um, I'm not facetious. I'm I'm not, like, I'm not mean. I don't have a mean thing about women. I don't, like, if you ask me a question, I'm not a liar. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it came to the game I was playing in general in my life, Mm -hmm. it was all, like, it was all just a sham, um and it wasn't my fault um it just was i just was doing the best i could right mm-hmm. those were the tools i had and and i was doing the best i could um i um i got sober um i was an angry sober girl i remember a girl coming up to me after a meeting and saying are you fucking done yet and i i was like huh like what and um she's like, do you, do you want to like get better? Like, were you, are you good? Like, do you want to get better with this? And I was like, I'll do whatever. Like, what do you want? Like, what do you want me to do? And yeah, she just gave me a textbook and, and, um, and, a and told me to get a journal and, and a pen and a highlighter. And I started meeting her once a week and I was really, really, really insecure um, about it because I did try to meet a couple women in program just for like a quote unquote coffee. Mm-hmm. But that was traumatizing because I get so ready and so like prettied up for like a date and I knew how to show up. I knew how to walk in the, mm-hmm. the restaurant or the coffee shop. I knew how to hold myself when I was meeting like friends or whatever. But when it was a woman of stature, mm-hmm. Um, of self knowledge of humility of just organic realness, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to show up yeah. and I was petrified um, I couldn't look her in the eyes um, and and truth be told um I was dissatisfied with myself i was I was humiliated because I've always thought of myself as um, somebody who supports other people and mm. stands up for other people and protects other people. And, and I've turned into this like sick person. Um, and it wasn't until I started going to meetings and started reading, um, other books. Uh, Gabrielle Bernstein is a, I'm a big fan of hers. She mm-hmm. wrote spirit junkie. Um, and, and, and learning that, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not bad. I'm just sick. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I am allergic to alcohol. Um, the common denominator in all of those situations was needing to feel warm and bubbly inside and mm-hmm. alcohol, men, all those things gave me that feeling. Um, so it was a big leap of faith for me to um, leave those behind mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and try to jump into a solution based type of life um, where I'm being accountable to a woman. No less, um, that has boundaries. And that was scary because I didn't have boundaries. I didn't know what boundaries were. Man, I read so many books how to avoid dating a jerk, why men marry bitches, and <laughs> like, and I'd laugh and I was like, this is good. This is going into my almanac of fucking magic powers, right? Like, um, but I didn't know there was a book
1: called Why Men Marry Bitches. Oh, it, that, that I, me it off. was a
2: textbook of was life. Yeah. Oh, and what men don't want women to know by Steve Harvey. Whew, that was a good one. Um, but I would talk a good game about boundaries, but I, I never knew what boundaries were. Mm-hmm. And not like nobody, nobody knows unless you know mm-hmm. how easy it is to make a boundary, but how hard it is to um, reinstate a boundary once mm-hmm. it's been broken. And that's what boundaries for me now are. Yeah. Um, and that's where I have a hard time because underneath all of you know the this guy that guy family bad pain whatever me doing and and lashing out and all these things was a very codependent scared little girl Mm -hmm. that just wanted safety and security and I wanted to be told where I'm supposed to be how I'm supposed to be and then and and, and then learn how to be who I got to be th- with those type of skills mm-hmm. so that I could fly from the nest in a healthy manner. Mm-hmm. You know, and I never got that. And I was mean to my mom about that. Mm-hmm. I was mean to my mom. Um, I was a very vicious daughter. Mm-hmm. I would point my finger and judge her. Um, she was an overeater as well, which I see I you know, can have now too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she wouldn't pay the bills, as I said. Um, and I remember her having a quadruple bypass and my stepdad went and bought her KFC for her first dinner at home. Wow. And that's the codependence, right? And I fucking lost it. Mm -hmm. And whereas my sister, you know, wants to be my mom's friend, wants to help her. Mm -hmm. My, my sister's called my mom by her first name for so many years. I don't even know if she's ever called her mom. Mm. Like, and so that's just the relationship of like, my mom needing that type of support, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I wanted a mom. I wanted a a dad. I wanted that Mm -hmm. because, um, I really felt I needed that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can't, you can't like, you know, I can't make, make it, I can't mold it. Um, but I fought it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember throwing chips against the wall because I'd go upstairs. I, I cleaned her house after her heart, her heart surgery because you can't have a dirty house or whatever um, for infection. And I'd hear her crumple chips under her bed as I walked upstairs, and I'd run up because I was the mom mm. in some ways, you know, and I'd throw them against the wall and be so mad. And I shamed her a lot. Mm. Um, and then when I got sober and I made amends to her... Um, I saw her as a human being, not as a mom, Mm -hmm. and I realized she was just a person, Um, and that helped me a lot. Um, Our relationship, unfortunately, had to end, Um, and, you know, after having my beautiful little daughter, which I, by the way, was not even supposed to have, I have really bad endometriosis. What is that? So yeah, I feel like cysts and like um, fibroids on my uterus. Okay. Um, it could be from damage of uh, like sexual assaults. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It could just be like high, hot liver and like in Chinese medicine, they say I have a hot liver. Mm-hmm. Um, but the chances of having children are like slim to none. Yeah. And I, I did try to have children before. Um, I, I was pregnant twice. I was pregnant at 16, had my first and only abortion um i don't know why i feel like i have to say only but that was my, my i had one I abortion appreciate
1: that abortions are hard
2: now. yeah it was really hard Sorry. my sister called me a baby killer when i was walking out the door jesus to go get it
1: and that's why you said i only had one
2: yeah and then my mom left and wrote me a letter and said she was alone when she had one didn't know how to be there for me for that so um my step her stepdad had to you know take mm-hmm. care of me and um and then I had one miscarriage, which I'm so grateful that it was a miscarriage um, because I was doing drugs with that guy and uh, at 21. And um, I was planning to get an abortion. Um, and then we went on a road trip um, to BC and I had a miscarriage on a speedboat, and he wouldn't let me tell the driver to slow down because he didn't want his drug dealing friends to know I was pregnant. So I, it caused a miscarriage. Um, so I had to have my legs up for the duration of my mushroom trip for a day and a half. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I got home, I kept my legs up the whole way home to be from BC to Calgary. And the minute I got home, I hemorrhaged and ended up in the hospital. Um, and so this, this pregnancy um, that I had after, like with my baby that I have, um, was a miracle um, and actually even while giving birth to her, I cried and said, do I deserve her? Mm. I said it out loud. What's her and name? that's just, what's that? What's her name? Ava. Ava. After, after she's beautiful. Ava Gardner, because I oh, loved yeah. Ava Gardner. Right on. Yeah. She's a kick-ass woman. Um, she's a beautiful little girl. Yeah. She's so sweet. I don't even like, I don't deserve her, but I'm not giving her back, man. <laughs>
1: um, well, you wouldn't have her if you weren't supposed to. You afraid. know,
2: I was upset the other day and she goes, mom, it's okay to be upset. Let's take some deep breaths. You know, she's, th- she's just turning three tomorrow is yeah. her birthday. Um, and that's, I want her to have emotional intelligence. I want mm-hmm. her to feel like she can self-soothe and, you know, like I'm there to help her coach through things. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't get that. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the reason why we don't have contact with my fat, my, you know, my sister and my mom, because there was just not very nice behaviors. And, and I didn't want my daughter to see unloving behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, so, today, um, I sit with 10 years of sobriety from alcohol. Congratulations. Um, and I say with alcohol only, mm-hmm. um, because I, I do take CBD oil. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's a controversial subject in, in my program. Well, it's
1: not controversial here, though. Yeah. yeah, You're okay here. There's mm. definitely no controversy about but that But I here. will
2: say, um, mm-hmm. and this is me, too, like having to um, validate, Right? Having mm-hmm. to validate my actions. And I still, at 10 years sober, have a hard time with that. Of course. Um, because um, I've seen things in black and white a lot, and I don't want to do wrong anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, it's taken me almost 10 years of sobriety to even enjoy a Sunday, mm-hmm. to just sit down in my pajamas and let my smelly butt just take over my couch. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yep. um, and just be gentle with myself. And my sponsor, um, is an amazing rock star of a human being. And I really want to call her more and I, I shouldn't should on myself, but like, I should call her more Mm -hmm. and spend more time with her going on social distance walks. Life is short. She's not going to be here forever and she's willing, but I just, um, I just assume she needs to help other people. And Mm -hmm. I have a really hard time with, taking space in people's lives Mm and when they're doing busy stuff like that and she's also a um she's also a a addictions counselor as well so Mm -hmm. i feel sometimes pressure that i have to do well so i don't stress Mm -hmm. her out and that's fucked up right because Mm -hmm. that's just stuff with my mom and um i recently um just signed up for al-anon and i got a sponsor um as you know, I'm married to an alcoholic as well, a recovering alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I find myself in this stage of my life um, really being a controlling bitch.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Like, yeah. um, people aware. aren't putting shit away properly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sneering a lot. And it sucks when you hear yourself sneering, mm-hmm. you know? Well, um,
1: oh, I feel that. I feel that yeah. deeply, yeah. You know that? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, where you're just like... <laughs> Yeah. Again, like I've told you this so many times, like, and then (laughs) you're doing that stupid IU conversations, which sounds so facetious, right? Mm. Like it really makes me feel upset when someone doesn't put the garbage out and they just put it on the front step and expect me to take it It really makes me upset, you know? That's Um, some
1: serious progress though.
2: Right? Yeah. But I'm so like, I feel so mean. Um, I've always felt like I've had strong emotions since I was young, and I always felt like my emotions are really like too mm-hmm. much for people. And um, I've never been one of those people that are like... Like, if I die, which I will, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as we know. I'm not like King Tut. I'm not like the... You but know, Things I'm can Pharaoh. change. You never yeah. know.
1: Next 50 years or whatever. With
2: all the things that I put in my body, who knows? <laughs> um, but um, like, I honestly believe... Um, that I've, I've, I've just, um, I've just been so sick for so long that like now I critique everything Mm -hmm. and I, I, I really, I I read into a lot of things and I don't think that when I die, people are going to say, wow, that Cassandra is really joyful.
0: Mm.
2: And that bothers me Mm -hmm. because I'm, I feel like I'm spending so much of my life now trying to make up for what I did wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and still to this day, actually, my mom's still stuck in the past, you know, of what I used to be like. Mm-hmm. And, and that's part of why I had to, you know, take my journey elsewhere. Um, because I, I don't want, I, I know I'm not that girl anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I go to meetings today, still some days I go to two or three meetings because I'm looking for people that are struggling and you know, it's a fucking war zone out there. It's a war zone. You know, um, this is a unprecedented time. This is, you know, there's so much ice, you know, for anybody suffering with, you know, trauma or addictions or, you know, whatever, depression, anxiety, Mm -hmm. like this, this COVID is, um, it's isolating and it's, Mm -hmm. it's terrible.
1: It's pushing us to our limits.
2: Yeah. Um, and all I can do is clean my side of the street and help others, mm-hmm. right? And and I feel bad, and I don't know. Um, I don't know if y- you can resonate with this, but like I stopped crying when people die, like die mm. a while ago.
1: I started crying finally.
2: That's good. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Because
1: I was had the other. I had the opposite problem. It
2: yeah. worries me. Yeah. Um. I was working with uh, a sponsee this morning at her uh, recovery house, and I just, for some reason, decided to take my book out of its case. I have a really nice leather case um, with, like, a nice stone on it, and uh, I said, just to show you, like, out of the percentage of people that died Mm -hmm. in my first year, and I wrote down all these names, and I stopped writing the names down because it's, like, once a month, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Um, and... uh, And I just, I, I feel like today, um, I feel like I'm in, in the front lines and I feel like, okay, that guy's dead. I can't help him. Mm -hmm. There's still somebody, you know, breathing. I'll Mm -hmm. drag them back and, you know, help them. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's where I'm at today in my recovery. Um, I'm, I'm also been really doing some really interesting work on, um, inner child, like meditation, Um, where you're like going into your childhood home and you're picturing it and you go into your room, you go to the table, you make like a childhood like treat and you know, you walk out holding hands and you hold that little girl and put her Mm -hmm. in back in your heart or whatever. Right. And stuff like that has been really powerful. Those are things I could never even fathom doing before. Meditation was unheard of. There was no way Mm -hmm. that my pain body would allow that. Um, and today I can I can be selfish for a little bit and say, you take care of my baby, you take care mm. of the baby, I'm gonna go into this room I created and I'm gonna read and journal and, and do all this stuff and um, it's it's been really good and um, there's definitely room for improvement. Um, I don't know where I am right now with my spiritual journey to be mm. quite honest, before COVID happened, I was big into Christian church, mm. big into Christian church and they've never done wrong to me or Bruce, um, and I've asked them some pretty harsh questions about, like, if they allow transsexual people to work there, mm. if they, you know, would allow somebody who was gay to be on payroll. Mm. You know, like very tough questions to yeah. the p- head pastor, right? Like yeah, purposely, good for you. because I can't, I can't sell Tupperware if I don't believe in Tupperware. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and they've never, they've never been. Um, you know just have faith kind of answers with yeah. me they've they have had somebody that worked there and i don't really care i don't really go into that but mm-hmm. what i will say honestly um like zoom meetings for recovery i it's like having a mouthful of cheese whiz when you want some good aged cheddar mm-hmm. just not quite the thing right yeah, like yeah. it's just not quite there i'm this like sitting yeah. here person um and uh and I don't experience, uh, spiritual experiences through watching, you know, videos of church or anything. Mm -hmm. I'm skeptical. I've always been skeptical. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so I have been going into like marrying that back up with the, the native beliefs that I've used. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been smudging a lot. I've been, you know, yeah, just kind of like dancing around and trying not to feel guilty is where I am today. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, figuring out how to schedule things like I did when I was first sober. Mm -hmm. Because I really enjoyed having that, um, like not regiment, because that sounds very like a military. But but discipline. Discipline. And especially during times like now, there's just like, ooh like it's just this lull of like, should mm. we go to Walmart? That's exciting. Then you're tired after coming from Walmart when that used to be nothing. Because it's like going to battle. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just so used yeah. to being like, don't go outside. This is a guerrilla warfare. And yeah. I truly do believe I'm not going to go on some Kanye West rant or anything, but <laughs> like I truly do believe that this pandemic has affected us more than any terrorist act could.
0: Oh yeah, it has
2: sure. affected our economic, our you spiritual, our you know physical, all this stuff, our mental. Mm-hmm. Like it has devastated businesses and all this stuff. And and um, yeah, it's just like one of my rants. But um, coming back to ground, um, I just I just truly um, feel today. Um, I feel lost, and I mm-hmm. feel um, I feel grateful. I feel very sensitive um and I'm unsure of what's to come in life but I have some nuggets of of protection mm-hmm. um today where I don't live constantly in fear. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, quote unquote this too shall pass cuz it all has mm-hmm. and it all will. Um and yeah, like I said, like the skin suit that I'm wearing um it's, it's led me to redeem myself to live a more karmic-based life mm. um, where I'm, I'm sensitive now to what I'm doing and how it affects others and, and also being able to put my hand on my heart when others hurt me or hurt someone mm. around me or hurt someone in public and just feel it mm. and understand that they're going through something really tough if they're being mean like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I cry now for people that are that have hurt me, um, whereas before I would go violently attack mm-hmm. them, right? Um,
1: but you, you figured out the connection that we all have to each other. That when oh, we hurt, man. we hurt each other.
2: Yeah, what a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I'm still not fully trusting of it, but I do like the program of recovery that mm-hmm. I'm in because there is principles. Um, there's still a bunch of dickheads, man, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's
1: it's, sometimes it's full of dickheads. Oh, sure.
2: So bad. Sometimes I'm the dickhead.
1: Well, that's just, that's what I mean. I'm saying it's like, we're all the dickhead sometimes.
2: It just depends on like all the variables of like, what did you eat? What happened earlier? Mm -hmm. And you know, like, and then like, what's the, you know, antecedents to what happened. And then you just being the way you are and Mm -hmm. blaming it on that situation. It's got nothing to do with that situation. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm it's it's an interesting life um for sure. Bruce's parents are both um dead and gone and um mm-hmm. I don't have parents. Um we don't have family. Um so I have a best friend and uh we moved in with each other again and she's been an auntie to my daughter and the best person I could ever imagine and she drives me fucking nuts and I love her, <laughs> right? She's the sister I never wanted. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But um, I'm hoping that I'm starting to live a lifestyle that I leave people feeling a bit easier than when I came in mm-hmm. their lives. You know, like I ch- sometimes like people that meet me now, um, they see a little bit of flicker flame of me mm-hmm. and they're like a little surprised because I'm a pretty friendly girl Um And it just makes me laugh because like they don't realize like I've thrown women into traffic, Mm -hmm. you know, for hurting my sister. Mm -hmm. Mm. And uh, yeah, I get to I get to live through a lot of pain, um, a lot of um, disappointments. Um, I'm disappointed with myself for a lot of things um, that I did in the past and um, that have stopped me in some ways. But I get to be gentle with myself today and help women love themselves and uh, try so hard not to look at, like, your husband's isms. Oh, <laughs> man. Um, I don't know what it takes to be a great friend. Yeah. Um, I've tried to be a good friend. Mm-hmm. I've tried to, you know, plant seeds and water them and cultivate and mm-hmm. all those things. I don't know what that looks like for me. Um, I've I've wanted um, to flourish. And close, get close to women. Um, and like men, my picker was broken. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Louise, she's an angel. So she's just, she's not, she's just on earth as an angel in this life. But, um, but like, I just, I, I seem to still have a struggle with the women thing and um, picking people that betray me the way that like my family has. Mm-hmm. And I'm really interested in digging in that through, you know, the codependence counseling and, mm-hmm. you know, all those things, because I don't want to be cold because I'm not really getting any, the, what I, the fruits of the labor that I'm, I'm mm-hmm. doing. Um, and I know that I could have a lot better friendships and I pull back a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with love avoidance or love addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhat, yeah. somewhat. Yeah. So I'm quite mutable. So I... I and, um, I don't stick to the same position in life. And Mm -hmm. if I find somebody's love avoidant, I go very love avoidant as Mm -hmm. well. Um, unless they have some isms of my mom or my sister, then I get very love addicted to them. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just a bizarre thing. I, I, that's why I love philosophy and I love, um, psychology so much Mm -hmm. and spirituality because it's ever evolving, ever changing. And, um, And as long as I'm teachable and I try to keep my head out of my ass, Mm -hmm. I seem to come out with more wisdom and insight. Um, that's only been able to be used. Like, obviously I'm not talking it much sense here, but like when I'm not being recorded and I'm not being watched, I seem to do some really cool stuff. Mm -hmm. But the minute I try, I sound like a fucking idiot.
1: You don't sound like an idiot though.
2: But I'm just saying. Yeah. Um. There's this one quote that I love. This the the there was a tray lady at the airport. I used to work at the airport for a couple of years. Lived off of Fedren's. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Fair> and <on. laughs> and uh, she handed me this little cute card, and she was like this um like East Indian tray lady, and I just loved her. She had these old cataracty almost eyes, mm-hmm. like you know blue almost color, and yeah. I just loved her, and she gave me this card, and it said, do every good deed as if no one is watching, Mm -hmm. and that stuck with me, man. Mm -hmm. Nothing drives me more fucking nuts than when you see a guy open a door for someone and, like, looks around to see if, like, someone's watching them or whatever, like, look what I did. I helped you, you know, Um, and, and I think that's a character. That's so funny. I used to get
1: so mad when I was younger, and people wouldn't say thank you for holding the door open like I was doing some big David's deal. David's the
2: kind of guy that would pull the chick back and be like, um, I'll go first. No, <laughs> totally,
1: totally. Well, in my mind, I would, for Well, sure. I say
2: something, like yeah, when, I would I'm, always when say I'm having a too. shitty day, yeah. I'm like, oh, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah totally. have a good day. See that. I guess I'll go fuck myself.
1: <laughs> why don't I just go <laughs> fuck myself? <then>? Yeah. <laughs> See, that right there is if now that's okay for me. I yeah. feel comfortable saying, hey, why is it your dick? Like I don't mind saying that to people, right? Cause I don't get mad. I don't have to get mad. So you
2: don't get emotionally activated now.
1: No, that's, that's the difference, yeah. right? The yeah. difference is, is like, now I can just be like, oh, well, I'm glad I was here for you. It's like a joke, right? It's not, yeah. I'm not mad. There's no anger in me or,
2: but there yeah. used to be
1: a lot. Yeah.
2: I guess that's the difference of delivery, isn't it? It is. Yeah.
1: And how you're feeling though, right? Like, yeah. And how you're feeling inside. It's...
2: Well, if you're looking, you're like, well, to me, it's like it's like having a sunburn when you're mm-hmm. when you're sick spiritually or emotionally or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, whatever your bag is. Um, it's kind of like having a sunburn, and you got a long sleeve shirt on. Nobody knows you have a sunburn, mm-hmm. and they keep smacking you on the back. Hey, yeah. buddy, how's it going? Right? Yeah. And once in a while, you just slash out at them
3: because
2: mm-hmm. it fucking hurts. It fucking hurts. Yeah. You're in pain. And, and I think that's a lot of where, you know, my ass is chapped comes from for me. <laughs> 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 Chaps my ass. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, I don't I, know. I've
1: got to tell you, like, um, is, is there more you want to talk about? No, please shoot. I'm really to...
2: tired of listening to my own voice. Are you? Oh, yeah. I'm not, but I'm
1: not at all. I, I just, I've got to tell you, this is like refreshing to sit down with you and talk to you now, as well as it was earlier in your recovery, but it's different.
2: We met for coffee in my first year. I oh, had a crush on you. Did you? I really did. Really?
1: I just thought, well, I Oh, I, think, I had a huge crush on you. I think I picked up on your men not liking. I think I picked up on that and was like mm, far away. I yeah. don't I don't want her to destroy me.
2: <laughs> oh man, I just loved you. You were just like so rebellious and like you were just like your own little like gypsy guy in the meetings, right? And I was mm-hmm. like oh. <laughs> You were like, you did the penny dropping, I, you know, like shares, right? Get out of oh, here. Oh, <laughs> you did the penny dropping shares for sure. Yeah, you did. Well,
1: well, I'm, I'm still rebellious like that for sure. There's still, there's definitely people who don't um, think that I'm an AA guy, right? Mm-hmm. Which, which is fine, but I will say 12-step fellowship saved my life. That fellowship right? saved my life. Yeah. But just because I may not play ball the way everybody wants to play ball there, you know, you know how it is. It can get pretty judgmental, you know? The good news is is mm. that it doesn't matter.
2: I just keep thinking whenever people get stupid like that, mm-hmm. I just imagine them pooping.
1: <laughs> I
2: love that. No, it's when... been like the equalizer of my life yeah. ever since I like, and it happened that light bulb mm-hmm. idea happened at the gym once because there was a super hot chick and I, she walked by and I felt so like I just wanted to crawl in myself mm-hmm. and fall off and like slither into the locker room and just yeah. like die. Yeah. And then I just imagined her pooping and like her face and like <laughs> wiping, like for oh, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, huh, all right. And I just started working out. That's you know, an like, interesting way yeah, to do it. Yeah. Everyone poops. I like it. Yeah. I it like saved that. my life. Save your life. Poops, save lives.
1: It does save lives. You know, when I can't think and of farts anything, cure to cancer. Yeah.
2: And so my husband is definitely going to have to thank me later. Cause our second date I farted on his arm on purpose.
1: Did you? I just, just wanted to, to see make what dominance, had? right? Yeah. I wanted to show
2: dominance. <laughs> I actually told him he can't fart in front of me, but I can yeah. fart in front of him. And yeah. for the first few months, he didn't fart in front of really? me. Really? And he kept going to the bathroom after sex because, you know, after sex, you feel so relaxed, right? It's yeah. like, so great. Um, not that I know what that feels like anymore. I'm married, but... Um, um, <laughs> yeah, and then, like, he'd go into the other room, and, and then... Uh, he'd come back with a red face and I'd be like, what are you doing? And he's like, I was like, I was <laughs> fucking kidding, dude. Like that's how mean I am yeah, yeah. still. I was sober. That
1: some people actually take it seriously. Yeah, but I'm yeah.
2: like, I'm pretty convincing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Um,
1: well, you convinced me not to ask you out for coffee again. Why? Well, when we had that coffee, because you, 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 you let me know how you were feeling.
2: Right? See, and, in my mind, when we had coffee, you were like, this is like how I felt. I was like, get ready, look hot, but not too hot so I don't look like skanky because he seems like kind of a granola kind of guy. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. And then I met you at like a trendy coffee shop and then you were like sitting there and just like all cash. And I was like, I thought you were like, I'm not really interested in you, but I hope you have a good day. And I was like, yeah, okay. That's what I took from it, mm. right? And then I was like, whatever. I was like, because back then, like, I, I would get married and divorce guys in meetings without them even saying hi to me or even looking at me. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they would share and I was like, oh, it's nice to meet you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Okay. Look at me. Okay, good. <laughs> and then the meeting was over and I was like, it was really good. Mm-hmm. It was really good while it lasted. Yeah. And then, and then you're like,
3: I'm glad, I'm glad it's little...
2: over. <laughs> I will say, right hand up or left, whatever you're supposed to do on the Bible. Um, I never had sex with one single person in the AA. Thank you. I'm just so glad I said it. Air five. It. Yeah, right? Yeah. I never shit where I eat, you know? Mm. maybe Until you got married. Well, maybe I do eat sometimes when I'm shitting. Not on purpose, just because I'm mm. running to the bathroom and I have a kid. I have um, a kid in
1: one arm and my burrito yeah. in the other and oh. I'm running to the bathroom. Fart
0: smelling burrito.
2: <laughs> she loves farts and I've trained her to like blame yeah. them on other people. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. All That's farts classic. so obviously. Yeah, classy. Yeah. And, uh, and she's like, classic, not oh, she's but like, daddy you. farted. Mm-hmm. And he, he just looks at me and he's like, what the hell? <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's,
0: that's I'm hilarious. really
2: grateful though that, um, that I did meet you actually early in your recovery. Mm-hmm. Cause it's kind of a neat, um, at 10 years yeah. this month, um, just to like look back and just say, like, that I'm not, so incredible. I'm not like Socrates or anything, but like, I'm, a little bit better. You're
1: a, you're a lot different. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm a little, not better or worse, just different. You're a, you're a lot different, different
1: and healthier though. Yeah. Right? Like mentally healthier. I don't, I, I'm I not I will say mentally healthier. Yeah. I am
2: a lot mentally healthier. I'm not suggesting
1: you're perfect.
2: Mm, yeah, but. Kind of went down like, on a bad donut run on that one. Yeah,
1: but that, I mean, <laughs> this this last, <laughs> let's be honest though. This last 12 months. For people who can't drink anymore or can't use those kinds of drugs that we used to use right like that it changes things man yeah, Fucking
2: changes things it did change a lot you know i was in social work for 13 years and in march um my company that i was working with were fucking horrible with the covid were they horrible yeah. they were already bullying me a lot like after i had my daughter um a lot of um what is it called when you have a kid and you get like prejudiced against you? Like oh,
1: I don't know what there's probably a word for it. Yeah,
2: but... it was really shitty. Yeah. It was kind of like I was in the 80s, like Anchorman kind of like. Really? Not, oh, it was yeah. not good.
1: Like, what are you doing here? Like, Do you, you have changed. A
2: baby? You changed your personality, changed, and mm. like I was still doing exactly the same job and yeah. doing it well. Yeah. It was just a personal thing and. Mm. Um, My anxiety went sky high and then the COVID happened. They weren't even offering like PPE. They were forcing us to like be in a small car with like our cars or Mm -hmm. whatever. um, With clients, they wouldn't give us background of where they were, who they were with before. And like people were getting sick with COVID. Of course they were. Yeah. Yeah. And I pulled back. Like my mother, Mm -hmm. like instincts were just like, no, like Mm -hmm. I have a right. I'm a Canadian citizen. I have a right to refuse unsafe work. Yeah. Um, and it was already really bad before I was getting like really badly treated there too. Mm-hmm. So I just said, fuck it I because I looked they, up,
1: I, saw, so, I can't believe they, I can't believe they still do that to a woman. Who oh, has a baby. and I
2: actually brought it into HR and everything. Like I was like, yeah. you said, since I came back, I've changed. Um, I'm just asking you to identify that. Can you define that and expand mm-hmm. on that? And cause if there is a problem, I'm a person that I will admit it. I will work on it. Yeah. If there's something like tangible I can do, do it. But it was just like this, like mm. I don't know. It was weird. It was yeah. really weird. And I called her on it, the person that was doing it, and she was uh, she was just a, a bully. She was mm. a bully. Um <sighs> get to work on that. See, that's the fun part about like mm. when you're like moving on in life and you're kind of growing up and p- putting on big girl pants and big boy pants is mm. like instead of the problem you're just like ah there's some work to be done on that yeah you know yeah put that in that shelf over there for a bit Mm. and then you know you're right though but with march um it was a gong show i actually quit which i never thought i'd quit working Mm -hmm. in social work because i thought i was a bleeding deacon right like Mm. i'm here to save everyone and treat me like crap i like it um (laughs) And, uh, I'm not taking it personally. I'm a professional punch me in the face. I feels good. (laughs) Fucking
1: kill me. It feels like health.
2: (laughs) I'm (laughs) helping you.
1: Yeah. Let me help Um, you punch me.
2: Yeah. Let me take your shit and all this red tape and that I can't help you Mm. with. Um, and, uh, I actually started subcontracting doing house cleaning. Oh, cool. I'm fucking amazing at house cleaning. Just so you know. Um, I've always cleaned my friends' houses, and like my mom, I've always been the the cleaner. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really like doing it, and I get to listen to podcasts Mm -hmm. while I'm doing it. That is so nice. I can listen to those songs that – because I don't like – I don't care what you guys do or whoever's listening, but like um, I don't swear in front of my daughter, Mm -hmm. and I don't listen to crazy fucking music in front of my daughter. Mm -hmm. I don't watch crazy shows in front of my daughter – Because I've been through so much Mm -hmm. as a young child that, and I'm not like sheltering her. I talk about mom's mad at dad right Mm -hmm. now. Dad didn't come home when he said he was going to come home. That's why mommy's face looks red and angry. This Mm -hmm. is why mommy's talking really mad to daddy. Mm -hmm. You know, like she knows when I'm mad, she knows about real feelings, Mm -hmm. but she gets to watch them, you know, um, get solved too, right? I don't give her anything that's too big for her to understand. Mm -hmm. If I'm really fucking pissed, I don't tell her, mm. like, you know, psycho pissed. Yeah. Um, but if it's just a moderate spat, I think mm. that's very healthy for kids I think to so see too. that. Yeah. Um, I never saw my mom fight with anyone, and yeah. that really bothered me that she would just hide in her room. And, like, I'm not judging. It sounds like I'm, I'm judging, obviously. I'm a human being. But, like, really, on my higher self, I, I understand now that that's just what she did. That's what some um, people do, right? That's what she did. Yeah. She felt good with that. She was too scared to do the work. That's okay. Mm. Um, but, um, but nowadays, um, I don't know where I fucking, how many times do you sit here with people and they say, I don't know where I was going. I, I, how lots, often does that happen? Oh, how many times
1: he does. yeah. No, but do, like seriously, where yeah. was I going? I don't know. Who I think, cares? I, yeah. I Let's think. Let's talk what... about
2: something else. I love my daughter.
1: <laughs> you were just talking about work.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So I started house cleaning, Yeah. which is great. It's really hard on the body though. Mm. Super hard on the body. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, um, I really enjoy it. I feel proud of myself when I come home. Um, and I, I get to work off a lot of anxiety because I don't, you've done a lot of mental work. I know, Mm -hmm. I think I remember you being in social work yourself.
1: I'm a social worker. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, so there's a lot going up above the shoulders, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot every day. Most
1: of my shit goes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, And on the shoulders. Right. Um, but I don't have to do that now. Mm -hmm. And it is such a fucking gift. Like, just when I, it was, it was actually amazing because, um, I've been fearfully working in social work for a long time. Mm-hmm. i too scared to get out.
1: Just to try something else. Yeah. yeah. Too
2: scared. Yeah. I just didn't have what it took. Yeah. And I just laid there in bed one day and I just looked up at the ceiling and I was going to therapy once a week, um, on the phone cause mm-hmm. it was March madness. Right. Um, with COVID and, and I just said, <laughs> You didn't fucking bring me this far to like fuck me over. I don't have to put up with this shit. Mm-hmm. And I literally said it out loud and how powerful is that when you get to talk out loud to yourself. And I was like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. Fuck this. I gave my registration regist regin, regin 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 thank you. Resignation. 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 I think of resin and I think I'm doing like blades. It's weird. <laughs> On the stove. Yeah. A hot plate. Yeah. Arr. Resin. A hot knives. Yeah, get that <laughs> cherry oil, um, yeah. which, by the way, I used to make. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and I just started doing that, and it's it's been really good. I don't know if I want to do it forever, if I want to start my own company. Um, and God knows with what's going on in the world right now, but today it's been good. And, mm-hmm. like, my idea of God has taken care of me and Bruce mm-hmm. ever since we got sober, um, you know. I have to say, like being with somebody who's been through trauma is tough, mm-hmm. um, and our fights kind of get shitty. Um, and you know, our fights are so dumb. Like we get so emotional. Like when I when I observe it, and I observe him, and I'm I love my husband, but he hasn't done all the trauma work I've done, and mm-hmm. he doesn't notice when his eyes get dilated and yeah. and his chest, and he boom, 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 and his temper flares. And I'm like, yeah, you. maybe we should just take a walk, time, time, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. blow the whistle for a minute. Um, it's it's a really interesting relationship to grow mm-hmm. with um, when, when you're with somebody like that. And I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back for the world, though, because um, I don't know if anyone is listening that's, you know, tries to date normies or... You know somebody who looks like they're you know off you know the the good side of the tracks or whatever. They got their shit it's together. It's tough. Or, mm-hmm. It is really tough for me, and I didn't want to date a dumpster diving piece of shit either, mm. right? But I wanted someone who understood um, that sometimes I just go there, and I don't mean I go ghetto and I don't go Britney Spears two thousand seven and shave my heads. Although there's been times <laughs> I felt that <laughs> yeah. way, yeah, right. But um, just understand that I need some time alone sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's no way to even, uh, like, evaluate it to tell you how I'm doing and what I'm, I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. It's all, and you know I saw this one cute picture where it was like a cartoon character was sitting there, and I think it was Alice in Wonderland, and she's just sitting there and she's like, "Man, I've seen some shit." you know yeah. and I, I like i get it i feel that that is mm. it because like um and you know they say in the program recovery like not to morbidly reflect and fuck this it was a healthy tool healthy reminder because i used to drink and smoke weed to just purposely reflect mm. and write poetry mm. oh my god what a poet
3: mm. i have
2: books and books written of poetry of just heartbreak and mm. like all this stuff. And today, like I get to just honor it and like put my hand on my heart, just feel it cry. I unfortunately, unlike you, I'm not able to get to the cry yet though. Mm. Um, It's hard to schedule a cry when you got a toddler. It's hard to do
1: anything when you got a toddler, I imagine.
2: Or like at work, you know, like if you've ever been with a, you know, client or you're you're on the clock and you got to cry inside you and Mm. it just shows up. Like it's just, It's kind of like diarrhea. It's just there, right? You can't really, like, will Well, and sorry, sometimes I'll deal the with clients you are the
1: ones that bring it out of you. Right? Yeah. You don't even know what's, what's boiling under the surface. And, yeah, for yeah.
2: sure. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: that happened to me, like, three times today. Today? Three different people today. Yeah, really? Where I was on the verge of tears for them.
2: Wow. Yeah, yeah I'm, I've got a really big cry inside of me. Like, one of those ones, because I have a TMJ issue, like mm. my jaw. Where like I'm, I want my jaw to get sore with how much I like. Op- I'm an ugly cryer. I don't cry pretty. Yeah. I'm like not. It's not a good scene. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I got one of those inside me, and I like mm. I can't. It stiffens like when I have to push it down, to be appropriate mm-hmm. to cry because I don't want to show that to my daughter. Like yeah. tears falling is definitely healthy.
1: Yeah.
2: Like breakdown crying is not healthy to show. I don't it, think. It
1: depends. Yeah. I think it depends on the circumstances. Yeah. I I think that like. One of the one of the things that I don't have kids, so I have no say in the game. In I terms don't of even what, have a say in the game of what really. kids should or shouldn't learn exactly. at a I certain don't... age. But yeah. I, I do I really do wish and I hope that what we what we change in North America is denying children access to death. Oh I think that should change. I touche. think children should be allowed to in, in not experience all the details of everything.
2: I wouldn't mind doing that, but yeah. I just don't know how.
1: I, me neither, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like I, I just, I feel like.
2: Like Bambi kind of shit, yeah, you know? Yeah,
1: that kind of stuff where you, you actually, like I just, I, I learned, I, I hear this stuff all the time, where adults have taken their kids away from people who have died or are dying, so they don't see it, and I. Oh, and that's I, not I, good. And I say, why? <laughs> like I wish my, I, and I don't know if they did this when I was a kid. They might have, um, mm. because I did drink a lot after that. So yeah. you know, they might have exposed me to it, but I don't yeah. remember ever, ever being taken to a casket or a funeral and, sh- and said, this is what's going to happen, and it's okay, right? Because
2: Oh, that would be kind of... If you had the right person and the right if tone you, and right. the right that's confidence, right? right? Yep. Because it's all about the speaker.
1: All about that, and it's all, it's all about that educational piece that I really... Like, that's huh. one of the things that... I try to engage with people because I really wish somebody would have done that with me.
2: Well, those kinds of things are really important to talk about before you have kids. And that's Mm -hmm. something I did not talk about with my partner before. But but
1: how many things do you have to talk about before you have kids?
2: Yeah, like religion, sexism, Mm -hmm. man, like so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, circumcision, all that shit. Yeah, what kind of
1: school? Exactly, right? Yeah.
2: well, is there anything else you want to talk about? I'm honestly good. I'm just really grateful I got to drop by. I am so grateful
1: you did too, mm-hmm. and um, I'm glad we finally were able to do it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much.
1: Give Bruce a hug, please. Good and, luck to uh,
2: anyone that's listening. Love you lot.